people people what's good y'all guys welcome back to our part two episode uh this is episode eight on why wait until marriage to have sex featuring again micah four three mp for three <laughs> hey, you, you should tell him uh, why why is it mp for three well first name micah last name perry <laughs> and the boy can shoot the three ball if, <laughs> if you haven't heard he knows, <laughs> haven't he heard. knows how to put the ball in the bucket come on oh oh that's holy it's like that's like that but um yeah guys now nah, so back again part two um we finished last week's episode which was the part one and um so we just kind of wanted to break it up trying to make the episodes a bit shorter so now nah, this is going to be really good so what we're diving into today um is going to be more of like a biblical and and um why like what does the bible say about waiting for sex until marriage and then we're also going to be answering like some practical questions towards the end so like uh, just a lot of popular questions that i'm sure us three have had in the past and maybe questions that you guys have as well so yeah we're just going to dive into it um so the question right now is what does the bible say about waiting for sex until marriage so what we're going to do we're going to dive into first corinthians 6 so if you guys want to go to your bibles come on let me go to your bibles first corinthians 6 first corinthians 6 uh, we're going to be starting at verse nine, but just to kind of give some context to uh, what we're going to be reading. So Paul is, um, I'm going to let my man flip. You got it. Oh yeah, I'm good. Okay. So just to give you guys some context. So Paul in first Corinthians five is talking to a, a, a church of believers and these people were just indulging in sexual immorality. And I'll break down later what sexual immorality means. Um, some, some translations may have the word fornication instead of sexual immorality. I'll break that down in a bit what that means. So it was a church of people who's in, in, indulging in these things, having sex with, I think it says like a man had sex with his uh, father's wife. Mm. Um, and it's just a lot going on. And even Paul mentioned like even like the unbelievers are not even doing these things. So he's like really setting them straight. So what I'm about to read is literally Paul like warning them and letting them know like you guys need to stop and you need to flee. So we're going to start First Corinthians uh, chapter 6 verse 9. Um or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. So what he's saying right here, he's letting the Corinthian people know like, yo, if you're indulging in these things and this is something that you're literally giving yourself to, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Now, if you're somebody who's literally like, you know, say you're a believer and I'm not con condoning it. Like this is people who's literally doing this as like, you know what I'm saying? They're doing it with no conviction. They're doing it. Yeah. Like they're, 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 they don't have no repentance within their heart. So that's not okay. Like if you're literally doing this and you're not repented at all, you're not going to inherit the kingdom because that showed, like Micah said last episode, like if you, Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commandments. These people obviously were not obeying his commandments. Therefore, they didn't love him because they're not following his word. So I'm going to continue word. in verse 12. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I would not be dominated by anything. Food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy both one and the other. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the and the Lord for the body. And God raised the Lord and will raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Or do you not know 
that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her. For as, for as it is written, the two will become one flesh. But he who was joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Mm-hmm. Flee sexual immorality. I'm going to say it again. Flee sexual immorality. This is verse 18. Every other sin uh, a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Mm. Wow. Good stuff. Can I get an amen? Amen. Come on. <laughs> so, yeah, just to give a quick rundown. So, basically, this is Paul, and he's letting the people know, like, yo, like, your body, when when you're when we're believers, we're joined to the body of the Lord, like I was mentioning last episode. So, we're many members, one body. So, think about it. Like, you know how a body, like your body, you probably have two arms, ten fingers, ten toes, two feet. You know what I'm saying? Two legs. You know what I'm saying? The whole rundown. That's how the body of Christ, that's how you kind of look at the body of Christ. We're all different you know, parts of the body. So when we're joined to the body of Christ, we need to be holy as he is holy. But the thing about these group of believers, they were giving themselves over to things that weren't of the Lord. And Paul was reminding them like, yo, if you're giving yourself to prostitutes, you're becoming one with them, but you can't be one with the prostitute, but also be one with Christ because Mm -hmm. a prostitute would the acts that they're doing are not of the Lord. So when you're joining yourself with that, you're joining yourself with darkness and you know, when it comes to Jesus, you can't be halfway light and halfway darkness. It's either you're you're walking in light with Christ or you're walking in darkness with the devil. So it's either like who are you a child to? Are you a, a, a child of God who who is, you know, the, the father of lights or are you a child of the devil because he's the, the father of darkness? You know what I'm saying? So that's the thing that we need to be mindful of. And to go back, um, you know, Paul saying like, you know, um, you know, the two shall become one flesh. And kind of just to give a rundown of what he honestly meant in Genesis chapter two, you have Adam when God created Adam. Adam, uh, you remember him saying like, uh, you know, Adam needs a helper. So therefore God put him in that deep sleep. Well, no, actually, you know, he gave Adam all the animals to name and you know, Adam is, all right, that's a tiger. That's a lion. That's a monkey. That's a zebra. That's a hippopotamus, you know, just saying, just, just naming all the animals. But then at the end of it, he didn't find any suitable helper, you know, to, to, to walk this out with him, you know, so he could be fruitful and multiply. Therefore God put him to sleep, took one of his ribs, made a woman when he woke up, uh, the verse, let me see the verse is, um, therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And this is Genesis chapter two, verse 24. And then now this is 25 and the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. So you see right there, that's, his, that's when God established the first marriage. So he created a marriage. He created both of them. So God right there created the first marriage. So that's the thing like, um, you know, whoever you join yourself to, that's, you know, you're becoming one with them. You're becoming one flesh with them. So we need to be mindful. Are we doing it God's way? Or are we doing it, you know, the, the devil's way? So just to kind of give a rundown um, of what fornication and sexual immorality actually means, what Paul was talking about, like, you know, what, um, you know, like, why we wait to, uh, till marriage to have sex, because if we don't wait till marriage to have sex, then we're, we're fornicating. We're becoming fornicators. We're becoming sexual you know, immoral and um, that's sexual immorality. And what that means is um, I'm going to give you like the uh, the Greek word, the Greek word in, in the Greek language is beautiful because it gives you a, a different perspective of what the word means because the Greek language is so rich and it's kind of different than English nowadays. So it's also good to kind of like study to show yourself approved. I think that's like first Timothy or something. That's good. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so the, the Greek word for fornication and sexual immorality is porn, 
porn porneo i don't even know p-o-r-n-o-i i don't know how to pronounce that okay i'm not i'm not greek i think i remember it was like porneo porneo it's something, yeah, something like, that. like that p-o-r-n-o-i yeah i think i remember looking up that word before i think yeah. it, i believe i remember when he pronounced it, it was porneo yeah that sounds familiar i think you did yeah i forgot yeah. what episode you did though and the definition of this is a man who prostitutes his body to another's lust for hire a male prostitute, a man who indulges in unlawful sexual intercourse, a fornicator. So it's literally somebody, and like like it was saying, what you join yourself to, you become one flesh with, and that's what this is, because when we're believers and we're trying to walk for the Lord, verse 17 says, but he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. So if we join, if we, if we give ourselves uh, and have sex before marriage, we will be one with the person that we're doing, you know, doing the act with. So we'll become one flesh with them and we'll be under that same spirit. And obviously that's not the spirit of the Lord having sex outside of marriage. So obviously it's the spirit of disobedience. You know what I'm saying? That's the, that's the, you know, the, that's the enemy spirit. You know what I'm saying? We're doing it out of a, a wicked and evil spirit. So, um, what, cause what fornication really is, it's like a picture of a different reality than the mystery of Christ presented in the one flesh union of a covenantal marriage. It represents a Christ who uses his church without joining her covenantly and permanently to himself. So it's like, you know, Christ, it, it, if you think about it in a way, cause like when you have sex outside of marriage, it's kind of like you're, it's like a halfway commitment. Like, yeah, we could say we're together, but we're not actually, you know, I'm not laying my life down for you. You're not laying your life down for me. It's kind of like a shallow, you know what I mean? It's like a very shallow, like not deep, you know, commitment, you know what I'm saying? So that's mm -hmm. why like in back the last episode, like it, it's a beautiful thing that we take for granted. Like when Gage and Michael was both speaking about the hymen, like that just shows you right there. And science can't explain anything like that. Like that can only be a God created thing, you know, that, that we can only explain through the Bible. So it's like, we, we need to understand that it's something so deep and, 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 and richer than what we actually think, you know what I'm saying? And we could only go to the Bible to honestly understand, you know, what the Bible says about having sex outside of marriage. So. Bro, I kind of want to illustrate that point you just made to kind of shine light on how important our bodies are to the Lord. And I want you guys to think back of that episode in Scripture when Jesus came into the temple and he got so angry. He flipped the tables upside down. He broke out the whipping cord and he started just straight up whipping Bamas and coming against <laughs> like whipping it, them. Die. That jump was serious. And what yeah. the Lord was so angry about was that people took God's house, God's temple, and they made it a place of extortion where they literally cheated and robbed and stole from people. And God said. I want my house to be a house of prayer. You've made it a den of thieves. And we just saw the Lord's passion and his desire for a holy temple. But now in the new covenant, it says that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And verse 17 is one of my favorite verses in the Bible where it says, he who is joined to the Lord is one with him in spirit. I mean, just think about how crazy that is. Our spirit and the Lord's spirit are now actually become one. And the dwelling place of his spirit is our physical bodies. And if the Lord was that angry about people defiling the, the, the temple made with human hands, the temples that's nothing but wood and stone, imagine how much more angry he becomes when we take our physical body, which is now his eternal dwelling place, and we willingly join it together with the demonic and and just sleep around however we desire and open ourselves up really open up his spirit to all these demonic influences i mean it's a serious thing to the lord because he says here next in verse 19 don't you know that the temple 
of the Holy Spirit is now inside of you. Mm. And then he says one verse later, consider you were bought at a price. Like you're no longer your own, guys. Like that's such a crazy revelation. God paid the highest price for our physical body, and he's now jealous for it. He doesn't want us to share it with anybody. Such a good point, bro. Such a good point. Yeah, no, nah, that's really good. And I think it's it, it, it's important because it's like, you know, what when we're coming with one, like, you know, when we're becoming one with another person, it needs to be a manifestation of Christ's relationship with the church. So, you know, so people can see like, wow, like I could see the way that that husband loves his wife. I could see that, you know, I could see that wife in the way that she loves her husband. It literally mirrors Christ's relationship with me. It literally shows me and it, it literally reveals to me how much Christ loves me. Like it should literally be a testimony of how Christ loves us. So that's just a beautiful thing about it. So that's why the Lord takes it so serious because he doesn't want you to take something that's supposed to mirror him and then just walk all over it and trample all over all that's over good. it like it's yeah. nothing, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think it's so crazy that Paul actually has to tell these things to a Christian church. You know, like you would think that you're you would have to say these things to people that don't know God and haven't tasted how good he is and actually desire to follow him. But he's saying these things like do not be deceived. He's talking to Christians, you know, like we as believers can easily be deceived and think that man, I can just go ahead and do whatever I want with my boyfriend or my girlfriend, and I'm still going to be cool with God. I go to church. I love Jesus. I read my Bible. All, everything's going to be good. But what Paul is telling us is exactly the opposite. He says, do not be deceived, meaning don't fool yourself. Don't trick yourself. If you live this kind of lifestyle, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. And the same things that were happening at the Corinthian church some 2,000 years ago Man, the same stuff is happening all over churches around the world. You know, people that show up on Sunday but don't actually live out the life that God has called us to live. And um, I think it's so important that when we read a scripture like this, we allow the fear of God to convict us and, and push us closer to that desire to live a holy lifestyle. Amen. Amen. And that's good. I mean, and then the beautiful thing about that is like it gives hope like like after what you were saying, like, you know, you don't inherit the kingdom of God when you follow and practice after these things. But then you go to First uh, Corinthians six, verse 11. And such were some of you, which were all of us right here, because I'm sure it's a point that we all have fell and stuff. Of course, me engaged because, I mean, we, you mm -hmm. know, we did the deed. But then, Micah, you've been, you know, pure in that aspect. But I'm sure it has been, you know, lust that's been within your heart, you know, for all have sinned and fallen short of the Absolutely. glory of God. You know what I mean? Yeah. So but it gives us hope in verse 11, because such were some of you us right here. And I'm sure a lot of others, you know, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name mm -hmm. of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. And the beautiful thing about that, it's not that, oh, you know, you, you got strong and you can't out of it oh you broke up with that girlfriend and you just you know didn't have a girlfriend for a year oh you didn't just do something you know it wasn't by our deeds it's nothing that we have done we gave a yes to god and you know by his grace that was born before the foundations of the earth so it's not even that we gave a yes and then god gave grace it's that god gave grace and then we responded to that grace he gave a gift in jesus christ before we were even born and we said yes to that gift and then you know we were justified we were you know uh, we were justified. We were washed. We were sanctified. So it's all God's doing is just that we have to receive the gift that's already there for you. And that is our Lord Jesus Christ in the spirit of our God. So we have hope. It's hope for every single one of us is just receiving the gift that's already been laid 2000 years ago when Jesus got on that cross and rose three days later.
Peter. Come that's on. powerful, man. I mean, that's Paul right there reminding the church of who they actually are. <sighs> and just for me, man, the only thing that's really helped me stay pure throughout all of these years in my life, especially when I was back in college, I mean, temptations were everywhere, all over the place. You know, I played on the basketball team. The school I went to was like 70% women. And uh, man, getting attention on that campus wasn't hard. And it was really a struggle to stay pure in that season of my life. But it was just reminding myself on a daily basis of who I was, you know, like I remembered what Jesus did for me on the cross. And I remembered, you know, the things he's asking me to live for after saying yes to him. And anytime I felt myself getting weak in that area, I simply reminded myself of who I was and what God did for me. And that gave me strength in the moment. And I think that's something so important that we all need to do, just like Paul was doing in the scriptures. Remember who we were before and who we are now that Jesus has shed his blood for our sins and washed us clean. So Amen. good. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, so I mean, um, I think the big thing, um, like even what you were saying, like going through the temptations and going through all this stuff, it's sometimes I think the lie is that this is impossible. You know what I mean? But like what we were all saying, even from part one, that what was achieved on the cross has given us the grace and the ability to be able to to, with, to withhold from that aspect of our life so that we could actually get more of God and God turning us into uh, into the woman or the man that he's called us to be so that when we walk into that aspect, we don't become a statistic. You know what I mean? That like 60% of like um, marriages, even in the church, 60% like end up ending in divorce. That's we don't want to, it is, you know, um, we don't want to be a part of that. Or even Christian men that I know personally that like they get married and then fall into like pornography, you know what I mean? Fall into these things. Like let's not fall into that, but let's, let's realize the goodness and the beauty of Jesus. And, and it's worth waiting for. Like in uh, Hebrews uh, chapter 13, this is verse 4. Um, I'm going to break this down where it says, Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and the adulterous. Hmm. So in this, it says, like, uh, God's basically breaking down. He's like, he's like, marriage is beautiful. I want you guys to honor it. It's something that actually represents, really what marriage represents is my love for you. And I'm giving you a representation of like I've noticed like married couple like pastors who like I, I adore that I really look up to. They talk about their relationship with their wife and their relationship with their kids. And it teaches them so much about the kingdom. And I long for that. You know what I mean? And then God says he's like he's like, um, let the let the marriage bed be kept undefiled. Let it be pure. And the thing about it, though, is what God is saying is like if it's not kept if it's not kept pure, if it's if it's kept undefiled by you inviting other women or other men into your bedroom or um, and that could be through a screen that could be physically, that could be emotionally um, and you not being able to do that, that basically what God is saying is that I can't bless it. So if God's saying if you keep it undefiled, I can't bless it. That's also saying the reverse of that is that if you do keep it pure, that God actually has the ability to take his hand and put it upon the bed and actually bless that where that becomes so much more than what it ever has been. Wow. You know, like I'll never forget the time where I was at this single life conference and they were like basically talking about preparing yourself for your spouse, but also like walking in this in this journey with God through singleness. And it was so beautiful. And they had this aspect of like, ask God what he has for you uh, in your sex life. And I was like, whoa, that's a weird question. Mm -hmm. Ask God what he has for me in my sex life. I was like, what? But I never really got a 
godly answer of like, what do you think? So I spent time and I asked God that question. I remember the thing that he said. He said, Gage, what you thought was great in the world is nothing compared to what I have for you um, when I can actually bless the wedding bed in that. And it was like, wow. And it gives you something to, 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 to be because last time when I, like, when I would have sex in the world, it was so feeling based, like, oh, let's do this so I can just get this feeling. You know, and I'm so excited for something else where I'm actually looking across to the person who I'm with, um, the woman that God has given me. And I'm like, man, I'm so in love with you. I'm so into you. I'm so emotionally into into who you are. I'm invested into you. I love your heart. I love your mind. I love who you are. And because of all of that and we've built this foundation, let's put the cherry on top of like because I'm overflowing in love for you. She's overflowing in love with me. We can share into this beautiful communion of what God has brought together um, and, and it's, it's one of the greatest blessings uh, God has, I believe, has given to mankind. Uh, I mean, he literally, your body being made for this other person's body, you know what I mean? It's, it's pretty cool, you know, and I'm excited to step in that. And it's, and it's something that's so great and so profound and so holy. I'm absolutely going to wait. I'm absolute because I want the real thing. Amen. Absolutely. Man, think about it, right? It's like the enemy always attacks the things that God loves the most and the things that are Come most on. precious and holy to God, those are the very things that the enemy chooses to run after and to pervert. And if you look around in society all over the world, there's nothing more perverted than sexuality. Yeah. You know, and that should open our eyes to see, man, there's something really, really special there. If everywhere we look in our society, sexuality is being attacked and being perverted and the enemy wants us to fall and to struggle in this area more than anywhere else, what does that speak to the actual gift of what the, the, the true thing looks like in our relationship with God and what God wants to give you in the area of your, of your sexuality and in the, in the area of your marriage bed? Imagine kind of just like what Gaze shared you know, the blessings, the spiritual, the heavenly, the things that we could never even imagine God wanting to give a man and a woman in the covenant of a true marriage relationship. You know, those kind of things alone should be enough to make us want to desire uh, the fullness of that. Yeah, that's good. And think about yeah. all the men of the Old Testament, the great men of God. It's even in uh, Hebrews, the, the Hall of Faith, you know, in oh, Hebrew, yeah. what is it, Hebrews 12. chapter 12. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then it's like, um, you know, you have, and then all the, the men also who had like endless wives, like, you know, uh, David and then uh, Abraham, you know, they all had like endless wives and stuff like that. And it's just like, you, you could see even from the Old Testament that this has been something that has been ongoing for a long time. Sodom and Gomorrah, when Lot went to Sodom and Gomorrah and it spoke about that, like that was a wicked place that had a whole bunch of just immoral people there, you know, practicing immorality and stuff like that. So it's been something that's been going on for a long time that's been attacking the people of God. So we just, you know, we got to walk with Jesus. So thank God that he gives us his spirit and we could walk it out when we are spiritually minded. So yeah. all by his grace. I think he, and I think God is like, um, he's he's putting this wave over the church to like rise up in purity like yeah. I'm so and I believe that heavily like I believe like if there's one thing I'm absolutely called to it's to preach the gospel it's to like disciple people but man I'm gonna tell you what like um, there's nothing that kind of like burns I mean yes the gospel burns in me but to see young women young men or even older I've seen even older men open up to me about how they still deal with pornography you know what I mean mm. and being able to actually have the ability to walk in freedom like God's putting a wave of grace over the body that if you're willing just willing God's just looking for a willing heart and people to surrender saying I have this issue and I'm and and I'm just willing to submit to you 
that God will set them free. Like I believe there's a wave of deliverance and freedom and healing. Um, we're going to see like some, like some of the greatest years of the church are going to happen because we all decided to walk in sexual purity. And I'm reminded of Matthew five. I know this is a really big statement, but in Matthew five, um, Jesus talks about the pure in heart shall see God. And I know it's more than just purity. You know what I mean? It's an aspect of every aspect. It's an, I believe that if it, it, we can be pure in our relationship with God and it manifests over into our sexual life, you know what I mean? Or we can be pure in that area. And that's a big aspect of it. But when we're there, we can see God. Like in those four years where I was like, where, and you guys know what I'm talking about. You wake up in the morning and you're just like, man, I just, you know, I need a little something, something in the morning. Or, or, or it could be, you know what I mean? Or I'm at night. Hip. Well, Mike, I don't know. You what? Don't. <laughs> You're not? No, man. I mean, to, to be perfectly honest, like, of course, I struggle mentally with impure thoughts all the time. I mean, the voice of the liar comes to me and he says, oh, just because you think that you haven't slept with a woman before, you think you're actually pure in this area. But why did you think that? Like, why, why did you feel that way when that woman passed by? And that's just the lies of the enemy constantly trying to come in and tell you that you're not who God says you are. And he throws thoughts, you know, like the Bible talks about these darts that are thrown at us. You know, the enemy is able to speak thoughts into, into your mind all the time. Mm -hmm. So there's definitely even times when I'm in the presence of God and I'll have like a wicked thought about a woman come across my mind. And I just have to stop and be like, man, like, that's not my heart. Why would I think that? Why would I feel that that at that moment? And it's like the enemy is trying to pull me out of the presence of God and convince me that I'm not who the Lord says that I am, you know? So because I haven't had sex before, it's like my, my mind doesn't desire it the same way that people who, you know, are living in the flesh and, and not walking with the Holy Spirit. I mean, when the Bible says he can give you, he will give you a new heart and a new mind, um, man, it's absolutely true. I'm a witness of that, you know, mm -hmm. like I still struggle with thoughts. And most of the time, I believe that the enemy throws those thoughts my way. But I'm not a slave to those kind of thoughts. You know, Paul talks about it in Romans six. Um, when we're still walking in sin, we're slave to our sin, we're slave to those feelings. But I just think the Lord has given me a special grace to, um, you know, to not be slave to those thoughts, because it's something that by his grace he's kept me from experiencing in my life amen, amen. no that amen. is good yeah man let me not even fake though like it guys like it it was not easy you know like there there were times in college especially being on the team uh, i mean y'all y'all have heard of locker room talk before you know mm -hmm. like the stuff that you know my teammates would say to me and you know question oh so you know do you even like women and they would take it down that road you know that stuff really hurt and messed with my mind back in those days but I feared God and I loved God so much and I had such a high respect of the gift he gives people through a communion or a communion and a covenant in sex. I had such a high honor for that that I said, Lord, even in the worst situations I find myself in where I'm tempted beyond any shadow of a doubt, I'm not going to cross that line, Lord. Like, give me the strength to refuse it against all temptations and I literally felt a supernatural ability because I put myself in some situations that I really shouldn't have put myself in where it was really easy for me to cross the line but I felt a supernatural strength that's the only way I can describe it a supernatural strength to come over me and give me the ability to say no and to keep myself for the Lord 
And, uh, man, not as good. Uh, yeah. And I mean, guys, and, and this is the real big thing, like temptations are going to come, but how are we going to use those temptations? Are we going to, the temptations that come, are we going to allow them to actually allow us to fall into sin or, and this is where the fruit is guys. When the temptations come, we actually allow it to push us closer to him. When the thought comes, we revert the thought back to him. You know what I mean? And, and it's that whole thing about holding every thought captive. And we take that thought, we hold it captive, and we actually take scripture, we take the, the truth and, and the, 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 the spirit of God to come in and break that lie so that we could be able to draw closer to him. Like when I have a thought that comes over, like I'm just walking in and like, um, it could be any type of random like wicked thought and it'll do this. And I'd be like, and I'm literally like, I've said this so many times, Lord God, I thank you that that is not me anymore. I thank you that you've purified my eyes. You have purified my heart, my mind. I thank you that I do know what I want. And that is something that you've created. And that is the woman that you've made for me. I'm not going to dwell and live by my lower nature, but I'm going to live with the heavenly nature that you have put in me. Like, I know that sounds all elaborate and whatnot, but I've just had a lot of practice because as you can tell, I've had a lot of temptation. (laughs) You (laughs) know what I mean? That's powerful, man. You have to speak who you are in God. Amen. And that literally is what the Bible calls putting on the armor you know like the, it talks about putting on a helmet that protects your mind and when you speak truth over yourself the way Gage just described the enemy literally cannot touch you he doesn't have any any opportunity to come in and to twist the truth of who you are because you continually speak out and believe that you are who God says you are and you can walk in that you can experience that when you continue to guard yourself in those ways amen Amen. That's good. And uh, just to kind of this is going to turn into more like of the practical sense. Um, So I'm going to ask you guys a question. What has helped y'all to wait patiently with God for a godly marriage to have sex? Mm. Man, I mean, I, I can jump on that really quick. For one, I just fill myself with the word of God. You know, like I there were times even back in college when I put myself in those situations and man in the flesh i even wanted to have sex it was like man it's not worth it you know like i lost sight of of what god was inviting me into and actually looked for opportunities you know to actually sleep with this girl in particular and right before i would get to the act i heard scripture playing in my heart and playing in my mind it's like i heard the voice of god in that moment and I couldn't hear that scripture if I hadn't already filled myself with that scripture. So I just spent so much time in the presence of God, walking with God, that um, I become filled with, with truth. And then when I find myself standing before a lie, it doesn't have authority over me. So just spending time with God, man, I don't, I don't really think there's a more powerful way to keep yourself pure than to be with the one who is perfectly pure. Because the more time you spend in his presence, the more time or, or the more you become like him, you know, the, the stronger you become in your relationship with him. And uh, in moments of weakness, his strength takes over because you've been with him. Hey, man. That is good. Wow. Um, I think for me, it, there was a, I think because of the pain and the hurt that I experienced through having sex before marriage and delving into like pornography Um, And I think the pain that it brought me, it was kind of like it got to a point where I kind of like, you know, spiritually kind of threw up everywhere. And I was like, this is disgusting. This is terrible. This has hurt me. Um, And I kind of ran to God to help me. And that's where that that desire for the four year purity vow came. And so what helped me was actually looking back at the pain that it brought and then looking forward to the promise of of what 
of what it actually is to to say god you're you're more worthy than than a quick feeling um and the desires that will come like the comfort of a woman like getting nurtured by a woman the physical touch of a woman being able to take my desires and the things that i would long for in that moment and turn it to god like being able to have the physical touch of god's presence even going to the nurturing aspect of it, like being able to go to God as being my nurturer, the one who gives me everything I need, the one who provides for me, um, the one who, um, even the comforting, you know, the Holy Spirit in Scripture where it talks about the Holy Spirit is the great comforter and how I can actually lean in, instead of like leaning into a woman, a woman for comfort, I can actually lean into the Holy Spirit. And it's not to say that leaning into a woman is actually a bad thing. Like the Lord actually, uh, an aspect of what marriage is, is actually so you can actually have that help or that, that a- aspect of comfort. But you need to know how to get it from God first so that the wife or the woman, you know what I mean, doesn't become an idol in your life. But the only thing that is your true comfort, your true nurturing, everything um, is really the Lord, you know. So, Amen. And just another practical that the Lord brought to my mind. Um, I mean, we don't really understand this until we get deeper in the spirit, but our eyes and our ears are are actually spiritual gates, you know? So when you watch things, when you watch things that are sexually immoral, you're allowing those images to come deep into your spirit, and now your mind is filled with those sexual images. In the same way, if we're listening to music all day long, I mean, how much of the music we listen to is talking about nothing but sex, drugs, violence, like those things are actually filling our spirits. And now the enemy has an open door. He has a stronghold on our minds because we invited him in. Even if you disagree with what you saw or what you heard, you're still giving him access just because you watched it or you listened to it. A part of your spirit was agreeing with it because you continued to open yourself up to it. So as we watch things that you know, are sexually immoral, we allow the enemy that kind of access. So simply, man, like, man, cut cut those women off from Instagram that you know you shouldn't be following, you know? Stop mm-hmm. stop jumping on that explore page. I've had to do uh, that. For real, like, it's, it's serious out here. Um, man, like, turn change your choice of music like so much of the music especially in oh, r&b so that sexual. we listen to the music is that's, crazy that's all sexual. it is and then all day long like what's happening in your mind you're singing those songs you're repeating those lyrics all day long and the next thing you know you can't think about anything else but sex you know so we have control over what we watch and what we listen to those are some practicals we really need to put into practice so that we don't find ourselves falling and slipping into this area more often yeah, and that's good that, like, you know, that's what's helped y'all. What has helped me to wait patiently with God for a godly marriage is just really been the grace of God. Because at the end of the day, like, and I know that we've been mentioning this throughout the, you know, part one and part two. It's like, it's the grace of God. I mean, that's how we're saved. It's by grace that we're saved through faith. You know what I mean? It's nothing that we have done. It's not of our works. But literally what has helped me is just the grace of God. Because like I was mentioning before, you know, my last relationship that I was in what brought me out it was the grace of god it was a simple prayer that i genuinely did not mean at all that he by his grace he actually took me out of and then now i'm walking with him and it's been so great and i just i'm so thankful to him and it's like i I literally walk sometimes and i'm just like wow like i'm really walking with you like how you know what i'm saying so it's only his grace so we praise him for that and uh, glory be to God for that. And it's also just been the fear of the Lord that he's put within me because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So when he gives you that fear and and when it when it means fear, like when the Bible speaks on the fear of the Lord, it's not literally like a fear like, oh, I'm afraid of God. It's more so like it's a it's a reverence. It's a, a awe. It's like a respect. It's like such a deep respect that it's just like, oh, snap, like 
this he's God and he could do what he wants when he speaks something it goes into the earth from heaven and it does what he wants it to do like it he would ne- God will never speak and and what he has spoken doesn't happen sure. like we could we could like I could tell Gaze right now like hey bro like shift your head to the right and he you know he's not going to listen to me God can literally speak from heaven right now like Devin I want you to come to heaven right now and boom I'll just you know I'll be done you know what I'm saying and he could speak that and when that word goes back to him what he says will be done so I think when he put that fear of the Lord within me uh within me it's like man like God I don't want to I don't want to wrong you. I don't want to hurt you because, I mean, he's a father at the end of the day. And he, you know what I'm saying? He, he God is spirit. But, you know, he has like a, you know, a, emotions, if you want to say like that, that hurts him. He doesn't want us to walk in immorality. You know what I'm saying? He wants us to walk in the ways that he intended for us to walk in. And some verses that I have for that is how can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word? Amen. Um, this is Psalms 119 verse 9. Um, and then Psalms 119 verse 11 says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So it's like, you know, it's really just having the fear of the Lord. But then we actually go to God. We spend time with him in his presence. And we just, you know, when we when we spend time with him in his presence, we read his word. That just increases the fear of the Lord within us by his grace. You know what I'm saying? So it's like an unending circle. The grace of God, the fear of the Lord, that just, it fills you up. And that's where we go. We go to Jesus and we eat of his flesh. We drink of his blood. And then, you know, all that things just manifest outward. But it's spending that time with him in secret. So spitting fire right now <laughs> appreciate you so yeah uh just this question uh like i know a lot of people have actually asked me this question what if you want to test having sex before marriage with your boyfriend or girlfriend before marriage how do you mm. feel about that i mean well here's the thing i think that you're um the the way that you're thinking it's going to be tested is actually in the wrong it, it's it's a wrong mentality because you're thinking, oh, well, if I'm going to be, if I'm with a boyfriend or girlfriend that we could possibly be married together or whatnot, your, your, your analysis for that is let me have sex with them. Let me see if it works out that way. Guys, let me tell you what marriage, like from, from when I, when I talk to my friends who were married as well, and just also like, just from wisdom that the Lord has given to me, um, it is marriage is so much more, so much more than just sex. So to base it like, oh, do I want to be with this person? based upon let's just try it out let's see if it's based upon the sex thing you are missing out on like the whole aspect of it the thing that really matters is who that who um that woman or man is how they fear the lord are they walking with jesus like where where is their mind where where is their heart at um what are the things that they burn for what are their goals what are the things that they desire like um, the bible also talks about don't be unequally yoked and we were talking about that in um with raquel uh in our last uh pod uh, in the last episodes ranger rake ranger (laughs) ranger (laughs) rake shout out ranger rake um but yeah like i mean it's you don't want to be unequally yoked and basically you want you want to find someone who's also on your same spiritual um your same spiritual um let me see Mat- level. not maturity but yeah i like, mean maturity that's pretty good maturity yeah, yeah maturity level, level sense, you know yeah, what i mean yeah um yeah i mean that's a good way and it's it's you you can to have the mentality of like and i mean I, i'll give like even a really good example i remember i was talking to this girl one time where she's like you know, well, if I wait till I have sex, like, what if I get married and then the man has like a small, like a small, like a small, th- his, his penis is small or something like that, you know? And it's like, oh, like, I understand where she's coming from, but you're basing your whole marriage all based off of a body part. Is that, is that what all marriage is based upon? Whether he can satisfy you or whatnot? No, it's not, the, it's not the thing. Like 
you know, it, what's, what's more, what's more beautiful and, and more real is not the aspect of just like the physical part. It's at the aspect of like the emotional, the spiritual, um, the inner aspect of how God has made them that when you connect with that person on that level, the physical becomes so much more beautiful. And really it doesn't matter whatever they have, like you make do and you, and you will fall in love with them and be with them for what that is. You know what I mean? It's, it's so much we've society, especially in American culture, we've made everything so physical and it's, it's, it shouldn't be so physical. Yeah. No, that's really good. And I agree what you said. And like, just for me, like what I have, like, I think wanting to take like a test run of sex, like before you, you marry that person is just a cheap and selfish excuse to have sex before marriage. (laughs) I mean, it is, you feel me? (laughs) It's just literally like an excuse. Like, "Eh, I kind of want to have sex and I just want to test it out. So let's just give it a test run. Mm -hmm. And you know, and we're not as, you know, it's kind of like a car. Like it's like, it's like going to a car dealership and like you in your mind, you don't really want to buy the car. You just kind of want to test it out to just yeah. see how it feels. Yeah. You're like, oh man, you let got me got the dr- money for that. Yeah, let me draw that new. I mean, you work at Acura. Let me draw that new. Uh, I don't uh, even know. TLX A spec, the, T- ty- the Type S that's coming out. Whatever that is, let's drive that. Oh my god! But I don't want the car. I just want to test it out and see how like how good it drives. Right. But you don't even have the intention to buy it. That's how having sex before marriage is. Because ultimately, if you really loved and cared for that person. You would just be like, all right, let's wait. Let's go. Let's do it with God and 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 then let's try it out. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But let's do it right in the in in the sight of God. Let's have a right relationship with God and then do that. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna bring up this one part. We just since we're talking about like cars and whatnot, uh I wanna give it like an analogy in like this way. You may see a beautiful car, right? Beautiful car, right? Like I used to have a BMW. It was a three thirty five XI two thousand seven, like <laughs> twin turbo, loved this car, loved this car. Um, and it was an inline, uh, it's, I mean, it's an inline six twin turbo. I mean, it was just a gorgeous car. And so I, when I had this car, right, it looked beautiful on the outside, right. But underneath the hood, right. This thing had endless issues. Oh, snap. And so guys, when I'm telling you that don't base everything just off of uh, out, outward appeal, cause some people look good on the outside and they're destroyed in the inside. Yeah. You feel me? You need to know what's going, you need to literally. You need to go, you need to open up the hood. You need to see what's going on inside that person's heart and where they're at. You need to see what the engine looks like. You need to see what the other components of the of the engine, like how's this car, what's the reliability of this car? Like, how is it actually holding up? Is this something that the, when I buy this car, is it gonna be, is, it, is this in longevity or is this just something I'm gonna drive for 50,000 miles and then I'm gonna like toss off to the side? You feel me? And so I want something with longevity. I want I want to I want to actually inspect how the tires look, how the brakes look. Let me open up the hood. <laughs> this is so this is funny. But you I hope this is a really good analogy in the sense of like, you know, when you go buy a car, you inspect the whole I'm not a, I'm not a, by the way guys, I'm not a car salesman. I would not be in sales. <laughs> you sound like it. In line 335 XI. <laughs> so I, I, I work in service, but the aspect is that you're going to go buy a car, you inspect it. You better know your stuff about that car yeah. because, you you know, I, I want the car for longevity. I want that car for a while. I'm, I'm not in here for some quick, quick ride and then, you know, get rid of that thing in a little bit. Yeah. Like, And so that's the same thing with the woman that, that, I'm, that I will be inspecting, the woman that I will be looking for. I don't need to, um, I don't need to like get up all in her stuff and like, and you know, and, and figure her out physically, you know what I mean? But I want to see where she, where her heart's at. I want to see where her mind's at. I want to see where she's at spiritually. Cause those are the things that last for a lifetime. Amen. Yeah. That's really good. Now the analogy was really good. And yeah, it's just like, 
have faith in God and let's put our faith in God that the husband or wife that he gives us will be compatible with us in all areas, like spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, and also sexually. And if not sexually, you two can grow in that area. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, it's like the car. You When you buy a brand new car, you're not going to know all the features day one unless you've been watching on YouTube before. Mm-hmm. But nine times out of ten, you're going to get in the car. You'll be like, oh, what is this? Oh, what is that? Oh, let's, you know, oh, it's a double panoramic sunroof. Like, uh, you know, guys. it's like it's so much that you got to learn. And that's how it could be once you come together in sex. If you don't or when you come together in marriage, excuse me, when you come together in marriage and don't have sex until you're married. It's just, you, you know, if you're not compatible sexually, you'll learn. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You have that time. And that's the beautiful thing. You'll be able to learn each other. You know, you'll be able to. You know, a whole bunch of different things. I'm not going to try to paint the picture for y'all, but you know what I mean. So, I mean, it's going to be beautiful. You know what I'm saying? Because you're in that covenant relationship with God. So just put your faith in him. When you walk with him, you know, he. when you give him your desires, he's going to reward that. You know what I'm saying? So, And I think it's that, it's guys, it's all in this. It's all in this. Seek first the kingdom of God um, and his righteousness and everything else will be added to you. Seek first yeah. him. Seek first him. He's most important. Your wife, your your finances, your job, all of those things, those things will come, but it, it, those flow out of a place of first pursuing the kingdom. Pursue Jesus. Yeah. Nah, that's really good. And even uh, John 15, it's like he's the true vine. Like abide in him, he will abide in you. We can do nothing apart from him. So let's just walk with him and, and really just live with him because everything will come from that place like he he's our provider he's our source without him we can't do nothing so yeah we just got to walk with him and he'll provide everything so amen amen so yeah y'all this has been super fun super good is there any closing remarks hey fight the good fight of faith god has given you the grace to be able to overcome this and waiting is powerful it's beautiful and it's worth it right now absolutely man just to add on i mean i want you guys to really burn for this you know like desire to experience and know the freedom and purity the freedom in your heart that you can experience um when you walk in true sexual freedom and, and true sexual purity if you guys run after it like god is going to give it to you he already wants to give it to you so you're literally just agreeing with what god's will is for your life in this area and uh, man, you're gonna walk in a whole nother level of freedom that you never thought was possible. And then when that time is right for you to meet your husband or wife, uh, man, it's gonna be more blessed than you could ever imagine. So that's my encouragement, man. I want you guys to really run after it and believe that this life is for you. Amen. Amen. It's been super good, y'all. It's been a pleasure to uh, you know, be before you guys again. Uh, thank you for listening. We're gonna ask Micah to pray us out. Yeah, man. Uh, Father God, again, thank you so much for the opportunity just to share, um, to speak the truth of your word, Lord. And uh, Father, I just speak over every single one of your children who are listening to this podcast, Lord. I impart the freedom, the hunger, the desire to walk in in, in purity in this area, Mm -hmm. Lord, that you would break every chain of lust every chain of fornication, every single chain the enemy throws at your children to keep them from walking and experiencing this lifestyle. God, I pray that you would literally renew our minds on a daily basis. God, as we spend time in your word, as we spend time in communion with you, Father, give us a new heart and a new mind and help us to see sexuality and what you invite us into in your spirit with the same eyes that you have, God. So, Father, I just bless your children to walk in this, to be empowered to experience this lifestyle and purity. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. 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 Guys, thank you so much. It's been a big blessing to have my man MP for three it's on here. Come on. Guys. And me and my man, you know, he's been shooting threes this whole podcast. You yeah. feel me? <laughs> that boy, Stephen Curry from the three. Splash. Oh, man. Dropping dimes. But nah, man, we appreciate you for coming on, bro. Thank you, guys. Thank my God. We're going to have to invite you back for like the super theological jump. The next, <laughs> whatever new theological jump we have, you're going to have to come back I on, bro. I look forward to it. Yes, sir. All right, guys. We'll talk to y'all. We will see y'all. Thank you for the support. Uh, hit us up. If you have any questions, feel free to hit Gage, myself, or Micah, even on Instagram. Uh, you know, when we drop this episode, I'll be sure to tag them in, and they'll probably tag me also. So ask us questions if you uh, if you guys want. So, yeah. Thank you, guys. We love you so much. Peace and hair grease. <laughs> <laughs> All right, party people. Peace out.